Hey friend, I'm Laura Lee and welcome to Living in the Light. Here on the podcast, we share our stories of how Jesus has brought us from the dark and into his glorious and powerful light. This is a space for you to be encouraged and to remember that your story matters. With God, even the brokenness has incredible purpose and meaning. I'm here to bring real life to light. Hey friend, we are back for week two of Living in the Light, season four. And this week on the podcast, I have my friend, Pastor Olivia Moonshearseth. Olivia Moonshearseth is a passionate communicator of the Word of God, currently serving as the teaching pastor at Wellspring Church in Queens, New York. With over a decade of frontline urban pastoral experience through the Salvation Army amidst the homelessness and recovery communities, she's well-equipped to address a wide range of issues and is convinced that the Bride of Christ is the solution. Olivia is a mentor, a worship leader, and the co-author of The Uprising, A Holy Revolution. She resides in New York City with her husband, Pratik, and her two-year-old son, Roman Miles. I first got to know Olivia through Church of the City, New York, where I go to church, where she pastored before she transitioned to Wellspring Church. And this woman has taught me so much about the Word of God and about living as a disciple of Jesus. She continues to champion the work God is doing through Rise Collective Women, serving on the board of Rise Collective, and encouraging me in this season of growth in the ministry. She speaks so beautifully into this passage of scripture today, bringing insight, wisdom, and pieces of her own story into the light. Today, we are diving into spiritual parenting and the role spiritual mothers and fathers play in our lives as disciples of Jesus. We talk about what the Bible says about this and the joy found in growing up into our salvation, becoming spiritual parents for others. I'm going to kick off today's episode by reading the passage of scripture that anchors today's conversation. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 1 through 3. So put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up into salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. This is the word of the Lord. Now here's my conversation with Olivia. Well, Olivia, I am so excited that we're having this conversation today. Mm -hmm. I'd love to start by just asking you to tell the listeners a little bit about who you are. And I want to start by asking, how did you come to know Jesus, and what has that journey looked like for you? Yeah, um, thanks for having me, and thanks mm-hmm. for asking. Um, I grew up in a Christian home, um, but really like an authentic, passionate home. Like my parents are the real deal; they're um, mm-hmm. very much on fire for God. Um, which I'm just so grateful. Like, mm-hmm. even this conversation today, they were like, not just parents, but they yeah. were spiritual parents. Recently retired, right? Retired like three days ago. Yeah. So special. Yeah. I'm happy for them. Sad they're out of New York now. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Um, but I think that, well, I know um, Christ became real for me um, when I was 15. Um, this was at a Christian um, arts conservatory 
it was a week long conservatory and uh, it was really through two things it was through a couple of teenage girls who were a little bit older than me who were um, so in love with Jesus and I remember just being inspired by them and mm-hmm. um, realizing that they were not just doing it like because they had to yeah um, or to like check a box but that they like they just wanted more of God and so they they really um, lit something in me I was like going on with these ladies I mean they were like 16 right but to me they were like yeah. grown up <laughs> and uh and then they invited me to um one evening after all the sort of programs that they were done they're like do you want to just go worship together and I remember being like just like in your free time you just want to go worship like is this a requirement you know because <laughs> for me I still had this like mindset of you have to do it but um so I went with them into this chapel, just like maybe five or ten people in a big open chapel, and they were just worshiping and singing and dancing and praying, and I had never really seen that before. And um, so it was through them and through worship, um, we sang Jesus, Lover of My Soul. It's kind of a super old one. Um, But the words of that song um, became real to me, that I realized Jesus loved me at the bottom of my being. And uh, anyway, I left that week and actually went home and changed my life. I had to, um, I was kind of in some like ungodly relationships and friendships. And so I actually told my mom, I don't think I can go back to school. I think uh, I really want to get serious about God and I, I'm scared to go back to school. So I actually dropped out of school and was homeschooled for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just needed that kind of radical like the band-aid off I was like I can't do this mm-hmm. um, I'm not strong enough so that was a huge turning point in my life as mm-hmm. a young teen that's I love thinking back to like I was also raised in a Christian home but then the people that God sent to reaffirm the truth that I had been told for some reason it took a counselor at a summer camp you know mm-hmm. to feel like oh they also believe and follow the things that my parents have told me yeah. <laughs> you need an outside life. voice yeah you need yeah. all you need all the voices that mm-hmm. god sends you to mm-hmm. to believe and follow him yeah. um okay and then you pastor church here mm-hmm. in new york city how did you find yourself in manhattan called to pastoral leadership to serving the church mm. what does that look like uh, great question. I I don't, early on, I didn't feel called to be a pastor. I wouldn't have called it that. I yeah. just kind of ended up here. <laughs> yeah. I think I always, I think I felt a, a burning in my heart to care for people who are suffering. Um, so through that, I ended up, um, I was ordained through the Salvation Army. So it's mm-hmm. kind of a unique um, organization. It is a denomination too. Um, so I did their seminary and uh, it's a church, but it's also very heavy in like helping those in need. Uh, recovery programs and soup kitchens and that kind of stuff Um, so that's how I came to New York so after the seminary they appoint you somewhere Mm -hmm. so they appointed me to um, Greenwich Village so cool (laughs) (laughs) Um, a place where so many people dream of living very kind to me (laughs) I was 25 and I was like I get to go to New York City yes it's perfect single you know Um, so that was 10 years ago and uh, fell in love with New York and never wanted to leave and Mm. uh yeah over those 10 years have grown and changed and um really starting to see I believe that the like the hope of the world is the church 
full of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it's like the body of Christ alive and activated. So Amen. that's why I'm investing myself in the church because I think that that um, will meet all the world's problems. Mm-hmm. So, so I pastor at uh, Wellspring Church, it's called, in Long Island City. I'm teaching pastor, part of a team. We're really trying to do team ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, and you used to pastor at Church of the City of New York, which is where I go to church. And just loved getting to learn from you as a teacher from afar. And Thank now you. so thankful that we get to be friends. Um, this is kind of a off the off the curve, off the path from our conversation, but mm-hmm. I'd love for you to share a little bit about what you did with the Salvation Army and the discipleship um, oh, yeah. program that you had, mm-hmm. because that's how we first um, kind of got more connected because of the Rise Collective discipleship program. Yeah, um, yeah. Clearly, discipleship has become a passion of my heart. Um, mm. That was my title at Church of the City was discipleship pastor. I was like, that's the perfect title. That's Great. all I care about, you know. <laughs> Um, so at Salvation Army, um, a, it's very front lines, and a lot of people get born again. Um, it's, it really started as a mission hmm. um, and a revival more than a church, you know. So wow. um, now it's 150 years later, but I was seeing that there was a lack of discipleship in my context. Um, a lot of people getting born again, and then no real plan for like now what yeah it was like now serve which is good but that um isn't really a full development so um so my husband and i started a discipleship school um Mm -hmm. called the glory shop i love it which is a wait i didn't know the name of it the glory shop it's actually is a historical name um we like we brought it back um that was what they used to call our little center there it was um Back in the day, it was in Times Square, like right in the hub of Times Square. They called it the Glory Shop in like the 19 like the Salvation 40s. Army. Yeah, this mm. would have been like what Guys and Dolls was based on. Have you seen that? Musical? Yes. Like Sergeant Sarah Brown, that would have been like the Glory Shop. It's like a real. That's amazing. Hopefully, it was like a little more likable than like in that movie. They don't make it. Yeah. Seem very good, but <laughs> classic. Um, a storefront. Anyway, so we brought that name back, and uh, it was a discipleship school for artists specifically, mm-hmm. um, young adult artists. So students came from around the world. It was intentionally small. Um, at most, we had five students who would come and uh, live in New York for a year. And uh, we would do classes with them, like Bible classes and daily prayer meetings and then mm-hmm. prayer walks in the community and um, like one-on-one mentoring. Mm-hmm. And then they were also um, putting on shows. So we had a community Ugh. theater. So that was kind of the... Um, it turned into more missionally effective than I thought, like in a really great way. God surprised me. I was like, we'll do shows and it'll be, it'll be fun. But yeah. all these non-believers got involved um, in the shows mm-hmm. and it ended up being like people, like cast members got saved and stuff too. So so like God yeah. to do something. I and then Like I wasn't even thinking about the loss. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you care about the loss? Yeah. Uh, who knew? Uh, I love that. And, you know, with the, Rise Collective House and then being an artist myself it's just it's really inspiring to think about um, just God has such a heart for this intimate like discipleship mm-hmm. in tight knit communities mm-hmm. like you said intentionally small that really stood out to me um, mm-hmm. and you even said that in your sermon about um, 
how like so much the world does like this instead of this. Oh, the funnel. Yeah, yeah, the funnel. Yeah, like such a good image. Yeah. Um, of how you know Jesus had twelve, and that's I mean he was the son of God and he had twelve, which is like we're probably capable of a little less. No, we're capable. <laughs> He gave us gave us his spirit, so we can somehow miraculously do what he did. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just inspired by that program and encouraged. Well, ditto. <sighs> You're yes. doing it now. We're doing it. Great. Um, okay, so something that you and I have been talking about is the role of spiritual mothers mm-hmm. and fathers in our lives as followers of Jesus. Uh, there are several passages of scripture that we've mm-hmm. been talking about in First Peter chapter two, in Hebrews five, First Corinthians four. Um, I want to start by asking you about your personal experience with being spiritually parented, mm-hmm. and how has Jesus transformed your life through spiritual mothers and fathers? Oh man, that's like the only way He's transformed my life. You know, <laughs> I feel like it's that's been the thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think there's, it's a rare thing to have a spiritual mother or father that is with you your whole life. Mm-hmm. I feel like um, that might be, it probably happens, but I think sometimes it's, we set the bar of expectation too high that someone's going to like be our mother for our entire life. And sometimes I think, at least for me, God's brought people in for seasons mm-hmm. um, right when I needed them. Just someone who was uh, mature and could see me, you know, and understood mm-hmm. me and was willing to speak truth. Um, mm. That's what I, when I really think about it, um, I'm think, I think especially of like three women, um, one when I was in high school, one when I was like fresh out of high school, mm. young adult, and then uh, one when I was in seminary, all who were willing to call me out mm-hmm. on sin, <laughs> challenge me. Yeah. And uh, call me to a higher level, at you know, at risk of me hating them or yeah. being offended, um, but because they actually cared mm. um, to take the time, and you know, not just like this is what that um, Corinthian scripture talks about. I think I love the Message translation talks about yeah. there's not many who are willing to take the time. Yeah, I think that's uh, when it comes to lovingly correcting someone or calling them higher which really is part of parenthood right it's like instructing and guiding and (laughs) disciplining um you can't just throw those words around right but it's like i'm willing to walk with you and take as long as it takes to unpack this and get to the root of it yeah um yeah so god always brought people along Mm. at the right time (laughs) i love that you said as long as it takes Mm -hmm. because that's you know, that's so much a part of it too that we're not always quick to respond. Like I'm not always quick to respond or to hear that. Like it takes, it can take time to just yes. let truth marinate. So and yeah, um, and it takes patient mothers and fathers mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think about my own like literal mother and just the patience that she has and continues to have with us. That yeah motherhood (laughs) real that's the real stuff of um just patiently walking with someone people don't usually change in one moment no you know once in a while god does like a yeah but a lot of times it's a a long journey and like the seasons of knowing where someone's at and Mm -hmm. they may not not having an expectation of they may not respond i may not respond 
in a way that you know you think that someone should but you walking in the spirit speaking truth into their lives is going to bear fruit Mm -hmm. no matter what um and i think some of it in terms of my experience was very on the on the flip side very low-key there were some women um and men who just kind of like i i looked up to them so i started hanging around them you know yeah can i come over to your house for dinner just because i like admired them and they didn't it wasn't like as much big moments of like speaking truth it was just like you know eating spaghetti and right but like, it was influencing me, just the way they lived, their example. Yes. Yeah. The time together. Yeah. I, I'm I, like, they were discipling me. I didn't know it. <laughs> I didn't yes. really realize it, you know, but they were. Or like the story of um, of when you were discipling and being um, a spiritual mother to someone, and she even pointed out, I think you taught me the most when I oh, came yeah. along with you. Yes. Like, you invited me to go to something that you, a way that you were serving, mm-hmm. and... Mm-hmm. Just your like the way you were living your life was discipling in, in that way. Just so cool. More than all the um, Bible studies sometimes. Yes, yeah. It's that imitate me, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Hey guys, Larley here. Did you know I send out a weekly email newsletter? Be sure and subscribe to the Rise Collective newsletter. This newsletter goes out every Tuesday with a few words from me, links to the new podcast episode in the episode show description, as well as updates from the Rise Collective ministry in ways that you can be a part of the work God is doing in the lives of women following Jesus all around the world. Now back to my conversation with Olivia. Yeah, I think back to a woman in my life that when I first moved to New York, she started discipling me at Church of the City, and it was such an answered prayer of me just asking the Lord, like, will you please send mm-hmm. someone that I can walk alongside? And He loves to answer that prayer. Yes. <laughs> yes, of course. I'll send him. Thank I'll you send for my asking. people. Yeah. yeah. And she just so openly, she just opened her home to me. Mm-hmm. She let me come. She lived in New Rochelle on the Metro North and spend the night at her house. Mm-hmm. And it was so like, kind of intrusive I mean you know like they were you know she had kids to take to school and lunches to make and dinner to do like she just had to keep living her life but she didn't like stop so that we could sit down and like Mm -hmm. she could do this packaged thing she was just like welcome to my home like come with me tomorrow ride in the car with me as I take them to school and I vividly remember Mm -hmm. when we dropped her kids off at school they're walking ahead of her and she is just praying over this school over them she's like lord be with them lord guide their words lord be with the teachers and i'm just seeing her like out loud pray over these kids and like that was like that was discipleship for me and just her casting vision of like what it looks like to you know like not respond in um in frustration or to Mm -hmm. respond in frustration and then to ask for forgiveness Mm -hmm. or just seeing her function and live in that way it's that's beautiful yeah Mm -hmm. it's it's powerful um so i would love to talk about like the big vision of discipleship that jesus gives for us Mm -hmm. and just the the role spiritual mothering and fathering Mm -hmm. plays um in this in one of the passages he says we are to grow up and to move on to spiritual food that you know there's a time for the spiritual milk and for being a newborn infant 
and then there are yeah there's a time to grow up and Mm -hmm. to to eat the food so what why (laughs) what enables us to do this Mm -hmm. and how have we been given have we been given authority to do that (laughs) (laughs) really god (laughs) really us oh man big vision so um that's like the great commission, right? Yeah. Before Jesus ascended, go make disciples, baptizing them and teaching them. Um, and that whole, like, you know, last words of Jesus before the ascension, he starts it off with, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Yeah. Therefore, you go. Yes. Uh, it always sounded kind of crazy. It's like, so you have all the authority, so you're telling us to go do the work. Yeah. But then he ends it with, I am with you always to the end of the age. So um, it's the authority of Jesus that we carry that, um, man, I don't think about it enough. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Do we actually, like, really walk in that? Live, believe that, that he's, all authority is his and mm-hmm. he is with us by his spirit. Yeah. Um, and this is the work that he's called us to do, is to make disciples. And uh, he's left it in our hands, which is kind of wild. Mm-hmm. Um, that he gave us this responsibility and this calling and this ministry. Um, he's like entrusted it to us. Mm. Um, and it's the best thing in the world. It is. We're working on something that is, um, we're working, we're building something that lives beyond us. Yeah. Right? Something eternal which is a rare thing to be able to say in life, that what I'm building will never fall apart. Yeah. You know? It's, some, it's a legacy, but even beyond legacy, it's eternal legacy. You know? mm. um, so yeah, I think it's very connected to spiritual parenthood, um, discipleship. Um, we've already mentioned this verse in Corinthians but he talks about um, you have 10,000 guardians in Christ although you have 10,000 guardians in Christ you do not have many fathers but I became a father to you through the gospel Um, so I think that we actually need both in terms of discipleship guardians and fathers and um, guardian was like a related word to tutor Mm -hmm. it would be like a paid childcare worker who would come in and like help the kids with their their learning. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas a father doesn't get paid for it, but invests a lot more, sacrifices a lot more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, does it out of love. Yeah. Um, so I think there's benefit in both in the spirit that there's some people who will just kind of give us information, and um, this could be like authors that we read, or um, even like kind of professional church staff that you're like, oh, thank you for helping me, but not so deep in relationship just yeah. kind of like here i'm gonna help you learn this and then uh have a great day yeah those like the the, the guardians mm-hmm. um but a father um we also need a father and a mother um that's a special thing so spiritual parenthood um what are some misconceptions in discipleship we may have about what this means mm. Yeah, great question. I think that um, we make it um, seem unattainable. Um, It's very easy to think of, uh, you know, if someone's going to be making disciples, they need to be 
at least like 50 years old and like <laughs> have studied the Bible for years and you yeah. know be like a, a, a physical mother to many and have like everything figured out um, where Jesus disciples had him for three years mm-hmm. and then they went out and did it you know and even Paul you know like a great spiritual disciple maker great father in the faith um, after he was saved uh, he just went away for a couple years and they mm-hmm. started doing it so um, it doesn't need to take 20 years before you're qualified yeah right? you're qualified by the spirit God's mm-hmm. the one who qualifies and gifts and calls and enables mm-hmm. um, so I think one misconception is that um, I'm not gonna be ready for decades I think most people are probably ready to start making disciples um, like now <laughs> you know like I think now. it's sooner than you think yeah um, and you, you don't have to have it all figured out it's also not uh, maybe another misconception is that it's I mean, what's the word like that it's like steps or that it's like black and white like either you're a baby or you're a mother and I feel like it's sometimes a little bit of both at the same time yeah you know so the misconception is like I just need to receive just receive just receive just receive or just give 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 yeah um, but most of us need a little bit of both all mm. the time um, so yeah I think mm. sooner the better and also you keep growing as you, as you pour out, you know, mm. you don't have to wait. There's a verse in Ecclesiastes, I think it is, um, that talks about if you wait, the farmer who waits for perfect conditions will never sow. <laughs> I know. Ah, uh, that's um, convicting. It is. It's just so, like, it's, I think it's the enemy wanting to delay us yeah. and distract us, right? Um, to be like, you're not good enough, right? You still struggle. You don't know the Bible well enough. You don't pray enough. And then we start thinking, oh, maybe, like, I don't have anything to offer. Right. Um, But you do. Mm -hmm. You know, because it's not you. It's it's the Holy Spirit in you. Yeah. uh, Yeah, the enemy just wants to back it up. Yeah. Hold you back. And even that visual of, like, there are, the whole purpose of this like the great commission is Mm -hmm. so that other people come to know and taste that the lord is good like i love that part of the passage that if indeed you've tasted Mm -hmm. that the lord is good when we get to feed that spiritual milk to other people they taste that it's good like that's what Mm -hmm. they taste it and they just want to share that with with other people yes um it's it's just so fun <laughs> to get to, to share that. And it's, we're meant for um, just like the collective nature of all of us doing that together. And mm-hmm. I think in like today, in today's culture, it can be easy to just like kind of do your faith or your spiritual journey alone mm-hmm. because there's mm-hmm. so many tutors and <laughs> 10,000 there's so many of them mm-hmm. just like teaching us and giving us what you know I, I mean that was a part of my story that I was really changed in community and yeah. was resurrected by pe- like just people coming around me mm-hmm. and I knew the things and read the books and had yeah had all those voices speaking into my life but it wasn't in, until I was just like drinking it in and tasting it around other people and then being able to 
have that vision cast for me of, mm-hmm. no, you get to go do, like what we did for you, you get to go do for other people. Mm-hmm. And that's like just been now the greatest joy of my life to get to um, build those, com- like to, we get to create communities yeah. everywhere we go and encourage yes. other people to do the same, which is mm-hmm. just so incredible. Um, so I'd love to talk about the the role spiritual mothers and fathers can play in helping us process the milk. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. How this is not a bad thing mm-hmm. that people experiencing Jesus and in the revelation that they have from the Word of God, sharing that with others helps other people experience him and because our encounter is real like it's it's we're experiencing him and so other people of course want to know what we're experiencing him it's experiencing because they want it as well yeah what's that role that that we play in that Mm. yeah this is uh it's great that's a couple of women talking about this because like milk is such a motherly (laughs) womanly thing you know that it's funny how much it's in scripture written by men, you know, but, um, yeah, when you really dig into that metaphor that he uses, that image of spiritual milk, mm-hmm. um, milk is like by definition something that some, somebody else ate food and those nutrients are now coming out of them for mm-hmm. somebody else. So it's, um, I mean, a baby's not capable of chewing and mm-hmm. their body can't handle, you know, steak and yeah. broccoli. Um, but they can receive in a very simple way from what somebody else has received. So even when I was like nursing my son, um, I had to stay um, fed and hydrated Mm. um, or else my milk supply would drop. Like it's very like nursing mothers are very careful about like, gotta drink a lot of water, gotta like eat enough calories because you're burning calories a lot when you're nursing. Yeah. Um, So (laughs) it's a great metaphor because as we're like, we're giving others what we've received, you have to constantly be feeding yourself. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I think a lot of this looks like um, it can either look in relationship when you're talking with someone, they just share like an insight that they've learned and you're like, oh, I never thought of it that way. It's like they're feeding you, you know, like something that they've chewed on themselves. Yeah. Um, or like in a great sermon or teaching that, you know, that preacher has probably spent like, you know, hours and hours and hours um, digesting the word, chewing on it, doing the work of like pulling out all the stuff. And then you just get it in like one sentence and you're like, oh, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so some of the work of spiritual parenthood is just like feeding yourself. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Because the last thing we need is parents who are not healthy. Or depleted. Mm-hmm. And depleted. And you've got nothing to give. Just yeah. literally. You're just like, oh man, I... I don't have the the energy. I don't have the heart. I don't have the insight. Like, I, I keep thinking about just like the all of the times that it talks about like things coming through our mouth. Yeah. <laughs> you know that like mm-hmm. it's how he like how he feeds us and and even like the words that how he is the word and mm-hmm. the words that come out of our mouth like the weight they hold and the importance that they are. It's very interesting. Like how what goes in our mouth mm-hmm. like is what mm-hmm. comes out it too that mm-hmm. just came to my mind um okay so if someone listening knows they that they are in that season of needing pure spiritual milk mm-hmm. 
what are some ways that they can um, maybe seek out being discipled? Like, what does that practically look like? Mm-hmm. I think it can feel kind of scary to just like embark on, mm-hmm. you know, who and like who can help me? Who can walk alongside me so that I can then even have you know a glimpse of what that could look like doing that for someone else? Mm-hmm. Yeah, great question again. Um, I mean, I love that scripture from First Peter talks about crave pure spiritual milk. So it's just important to acknowledge that there's nothing wrong with being like a newborn baby. Yeah. You know, um, there's no shame in like, like you should crave it. You should, like that's exactly what a baby should do. It's like a healthy baby is like, I want more, I want more. So if you're feeling that <laughs> hunger, you know, if you got like a desire to grow and to like, yeah. I just want to be fed, that is good. That's healthy. And um, yeah, I think... Um, I think it's valuable to be really systematic and intentional, to be honest. Um, if you can get in a group of some kind, mm-hmm. um, I love that you mentioned community because I think it's, um, we're also brothers and sisters. I know I'm like yeah. mixing metaphors here, but yeah, uh, it's not just about finding one person to feed you, but it's about yeah. like we're growing together and Christ is feeding us and we're yeah. like, um, so I think, you know, being in a church community a local church body so finding it out and like committing to it and even committing to it in the the slowness of it the imperfection of it you know Mm -hmm. the disappointment that it's not going to be like perfection you know yeah it's people you know (laughs) that's the right phase people uh so i but just showing up again and again and again yeah is one way that you grow. And then as you see people, I mean, I think pray, like you said, God loves to answer that prayer. Mm-hmm. And as you start to notice people that you see are farther along than you and you think, I want to be like that person. If there's someone that you admire how they live, um, just try to spend time with them. Yeah. So I think a lot of people would be really honored if someone just said, will you disciple me? Yeah. Like, let's create a culture of that. that we just yeah. say, like, I want you to... I want you to disciple me. Can we meet up yeah. regularly? Um, but if that feels too scary even, or you feel like you can just kind of spend as much time as you can just start hanging around them, mm-hmm. a lot of it's just in, uh, in life together. Yeah. Hey friend, Laura Lee here. Did you know we just launched a new Bible study? Join us for Hope and Holiness, a study through the book of First Peter. I'm excited to share with you that I've written our very first Rise Collective Bible study. There are online discipleship groups happening in Rise Collective Women Online, our online community, as well as discipleship groups here in Rise Collective Women, New York City. We're diving into these groups this week, but you can do this study anywhere with anyone. There's a free download available for the new Bible study, Hope and Holiness. There's a link in the show description where you can download this Bible study today. We want to encourage you to grab a friend and do it in your places. It's as easy as that. All we ask is don't do it alone. There are links in the show description where you can find out about how to join us for the Hope and Holiness Bible study. You don't want to miss it. Now back to my conversation with Olivia. I find more often than not, a lot of times it's like just interceding for them and seeing like observing how the Lord is just like doing this this work in them and I think what we see in um the verses to come in first Peter that it means a laying off 
of a lot of things mm-hmm. as we're putting on um, putting on new clothing and and it's it's that's when it gets messy you know and um, it's it's letting go and um, and remembering that like we we have the grace of God and his love as his children that is sustaining us and mm. forever enough um, but it is like it's trying to learn an entire new culture yes you know it, like if you think about if I moved to like Zimbabwe tomorrow and was suddenly like okay I want to learn how to talk like them eat like them yeah. think like them like you just it's a lot to learn I think it's like the kingdom culture yeah. that we're like okay how can I completely change the way I think and function and my values and my speech and um, that's like why another word for it would be formation that you're like mm. I want to actually change to be yeah. formed transformed yeah and especially in the beginning it feels like clunky you're like ah that too mm-hmm. <laughs> oh I gotta let go of that mm-hmm. oh that doesn't look like what you're asking me to do I'm not at all like Jesus yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah I'm not at all <laughs> wow not at all like Jesus <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. this is a lot harder than I thought it was gonna be but Oh, it's so good. It is really good. That's like the the mystery of the whole thing that it's like dying to yourself. Yeah. It gives you life. Yeah. And you you find that as you're like peeling off all these things and you're like, "Oh, this is actually abundant life. This is actually who I was born to be." Yeah. <laughs> and you're just getting freer and yes. freer and yes. freer. And he's giving you new food to eat mm-hmm. and just like more freedom, more mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. good. And even the like the capacity to the more freedom, more free you get. I feel mm-hmm. like the more just this this capacity to entrust other people mm-hmm. to the Lord and um, yeah, I just keep thinking of like the joy of getting to be a spiritual parent. It's such an honor that the Lord allows us to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so we talked about those who might be in a season of needing spiritual milk. And I have a feeling there are also many people listening who mm. maybe have been drinking milk for for quite a while, and it's time um, it's time mm-hmm. to grow up and to feed other newborns. And there might be some fear or just something that the enemy is, mm-hmm. you know, telling them that you're not enough or you can't do that or yeah. like you remember that sin, just reminding them, shame calling out of of. Yeah who they were before their new life in Christ and God is saying no I I use people like now you don't have to get cleaned up to be able to to do that so um what are some questions you would ask for those listening to maybe kind of take an audit of where they might be right now and then just like a word of encouragement Mm -hmm. to spur them on to build them up to Mm -hmm. maybe take that step my head is swirling with so many things Mm. this may be kind of an aside but I feel like I just keep thinking about this and so maybe it's the Lord maybe it's useful for somebody yeah Um, I just keep thinking about um, I think there's a a, uh, maybe it's a lie of the enemy and a danger you know therefore a danger um, of viewing anybody in a role that only God can fill. Mm. Um, there's like, 
when I was preparing on a sermon on discipleship, I was reading all this stuff about fathers, you know, and like being all inspired. And there's just one verse that like threw me off completely because Jesus said, um, you shouldn't call anybody father for mm. you have one father, one Lord. I was like, what? This whole, I mean, you know, our whole podcast, we're like <laughs> yeah. spiritual fathers. And then Jesus is like, don't call anybody father. You know, of course, scripture like always has this like full layers that like things are yeah. held in tension and it doesn't contradict, but it just adds depth to it that um, ultimately no human person is going to be able to give us all of this, right? Mm-hmm. But um, even like a pastor, like um, the Lord is my shepherd. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, which means pastor. Um, that he's the ultimate pastor, the ultimate counselor, the ultimate teacher, the ultimate father. Um, so in terms of how you view any other spiritual leader or how you view yourself, we need to like kind of eliminate a little bit of hierarchy in our hearts, you know? Yeah. Um, or else we put too so much good. expectation on a human or on ourselves mm-hmm. to be God, you know, to do something that only God can do. Um, so I think on either end, we kind of need to just remember that, that um, any spiritual mother or father is just a child of God, you know? <laughs> um, so in terms of taking a spirit, an audit of yourself, like, am I ready to do this? Um, I think it's, I think maybe this sounds really simplistic, but um, is there like a love audit? <laughs> like a, a question of, um, do you feel your heart like beating for people? Do you see people that you're like, oh, I have compassion for them. Like I care about them. Um, that's probably like number one. If you, if you, the fruit of the spirit is love, right? Um, so anything not done in love is not helpful. Um, but if you start feeling this like actual compassion and like you're like, I, w- I wanna help them, I wanna encourage them, I wanna build them up, that's probably, what's well, the Holy Spirit in you? And it might be even a sense of like a maternal or paternal yeah. <laughs> instinct of like, I wanna care for them. I, w- I would be willing to like, give something up to help them grow. Um, so do you start to feel love for others um, selflessly? Mm. Um, and then what are the things that you know that you're really passionate about and that you're really called to? Um, sometimes it can be like specific things. You're like, I think I can, I can, I can help people grow in the word. Like that's something that you're really naturally doing you're like I love the word so I'm just gonna this is like your life right now right Mm -hmm. um where some others it might be like I want to really help people grow in prayer or I want to really help people grow in um serving the needy or I want to really help people um I want to be a listening ear to somebody but as you start realizing the things that you're like I've got I've got energy for this yeah um it's probably also a sense of calling Mm -hmm. and purpose I always just want to I'm like I'm a preacher you know so I want to just like plead with people but (laughs) yeah uh, like just an encouragement is that we need this so much like there are not only so many spiritually um, hungry people in the church like little babies that are like will somebody please mentor me like you probably see all the time right there's literally like probably hundreds of people even in your church who are just like I wish somebody would born into me yeah. So I'm like, there's a need. There's, there's like a need. desperate need. Yeah. But then um, people outside the church who are um, like orphans, 
you know, and that's how Paul said he became a spiritual father was through the gospel. So there's a world out there of like unwanted babies, basically, who are like, I wish somebody would care for me. So it's, I know it's, it's a, this is why I'm like, we desperately need this so much because it's, um, it's not just, uh, it's not just an internal thing. but we need it. Yeah. The world needs it. Mm-hmm. So even if you just started following Jesus like last month, um, you probably have some friends out there who need yeah. to know what you know. Um, okay, I just want to end by saying like, is there a, it's okay if there isn't, but is there like a story or a time, it could be recently or just in your journey, like being a spiritual parent or getting to mother you know others in their journey growing to love the lord that like just brought you joy and delight and it's kind of like a stone of remembrance Mm -hmm. of um you know you think back to that and you're like that's that's a why like it's it's those things that keep me doing this this is like this is like a really kind of small moment maybe like Mm -hmm. frame anyone on the outside but it was like for me it was big um we prayed for a child for a lot of years um mm. me and my like for a physical baby um biological baby um had a few miscarriages and so it was like you know a big prayer request was like God, i just want to be a mom and i remember um in that phase of life um, a couple of young adults coming over to our house and being like we really need prayer will you guys pray for us we're struggling it was a couple a boy and a girl and, um, you know, we prayed with them, and they were really going through some stuff and, like, trying to figure out their lives and, you know, in a battle. So we, it was long. So we prayed with them for, like, a long time, talked with them. It was really, like, went late into the night, and then realizing it's getting really late, they probably should stay over. Um, and I remember going into, like, um, to make a bed for them, like, changing the sheets so they could stay overnight. And you know, I was, I'm not a late-night person. <laughs> I remember yeah. it was, like, late at night, I'm changing the sheets, and suddenly just like felt this presence of God being like, you are a mom. Like this is what mothers do. You know, you're staying up late, <laughs> changing the sheets to take care of these guys. And I suddenly felt like such this deep sense of fulfillment of like that which I've been praying for is already here. Um, wow. And uh, I'm still journeying with those two, which is why it's like such a tender spot for me. Um, they're still around, they're still together, they're still, part of my life and uh, they're like a son and a daughter to me and um, there's been moments it's been years you know um, there's been moments that they've you know come to me and been like oh man I led a co-worker to Christ and like these high moments that I'm like I'm so proud yeah. and then there's moments where they're like questioning everything you know and they're like I don't know if this is even real like it's been that long of a journey you know yeah um, but there's still a, a trust there there's still, um, it's like, it's family, yeah. it's actual family. So for me, they're, they're a stone of remembrance that's still active <laughs> wow. in my life. But that moment of making the bed, you know how it sounds, God just kind of comes and is like, sing. Yeah. It was that for me. And then Romy came. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> and that became his room. Oh, <laughs> wow. Just how God works. Yeah. So good. Well, Olivia. Thank you so much for having this conversation today. And I know it encouraged so many listeners. So 
appreciate you taking the time to do this. My joy. My joy. Thanks for listening, friend. What a joy it is to be back on the mic and walking through the summer with you guys. I can't tell you how encouraged I am by the Lord every time I sit down to record an episode for Living in the Light. I consider it an honor to create these episodes and even more honored that you are willing to take an hour out of your day to listen in here. I want to share that I'll now be posting about Living in the Light on Instagram at Rise Collective Women. So be sure and give us a follow so you can stay connected online throughout the week. If you want to keep up with me personally and hear updates from my life and thoughts and reflections from my own journey, you can follow me on Instagram at Lee Turner. I want to give a special thank you to Colleen Bruton for editing the podcast and Mike Stapleton and Helen Kemeny for the original music heard on the show. As always, go in light and in love, and I'll talk to you next week.